My name is Keith Beavers, and I just found out that Google was initially called Backrub as a search engine. Imagine saying, dude, can you just Backrub that? Why don't you just Backrub it? What's going on, wine lovers from the Vine Pair Podcasting Network? This is the Wine 101 Podcast. My name is Keith Beavers, and I am the Tastings Director of Vine Pair, and that's my name. Okay, we're going to get a little bit weird. Nah, it's not weird at all. It's a place called Jura. It's a wine region in France that you may have heard of, but you need more information, and that's why we're here. We're talking about Jura wines. Get into it. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Jay Vineyards and Winery in California's Russian River Valley. The cool climate around Jay Winery is similar to their native France, helping the grapes thrive. Jay makes highly acclaimed Chardonnay, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir, and a variety of sparkling wines with very happy grapes. To experience wine from Jay Vineyards and Winery, visit thebarrelroom.com. I remember where I was when I first sipped the wine called Van Jean, otherwise known as yellow wine. Yeah, wine lovers, it's another hue. But it's okay because it's only really one wine out there in the world that in one place that does this thing called Van Jean. Again, I'm probably pronouncing that terribly. This is the Jura. The Jura is one of the most interesting, most almost isolated and most, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this. Cause the thing is the Jura is one of the smallest wine regions in France. It has like three AOCs and there's some other stuff going on. We're trying to talk about it's the coldest region in France yet they grow red and white wine grapes and make a very wide range of wines for a very small place. And one of those wines is called Van Jean, which is called yellow wine, which we're going to get into. And it's just very, very tied to the history of Jura. So if you're into wine, and you have been for the past, like, you know, decade or so, you've probably seen that we on the American market went through or going through in the process of still kind of into it wines from this place. Um, they just blew up out of nowhere for a few years. Um, I, I sold some of the stuff when I was, I had my wine shop. Um, you might've heard the word Arbois. These wines are all over the United States, but the thing about Jura is that they're not going to be easy to find. There, we're going to talk about a larger appellation in the Jura and all that, but they're they're not the easiest to find. There's a very small amount. It's a small wine region, and they're they're here on the American market, but it's um it's a little bit uh, scattered. So the thing about this episode is I want to get you right with Jura, so that when you encounter it, you have all the information you need to grab it up. Because like, oh wow, look Jura, grab it now. If you look on a map, you'll see Burgundy. And then just to the east of that, you'll see this mountain range called the Jura Mountains. And then east of that, you're going to see a plain. (laughs) 
or lower lying lands, and then you're going to see the border of Switzerland and then the Alps. Imagine millions of years ago, during the Triassic or Jurassic era, this is one or the other, I'm not really sure, but <laughs> the imagine Burgundy and this other place called Jura were one just one land. And then the Alps started forming. And as the Alps started forming, miles and miles away, more Earth was being dragged towards the Alps. And at some point, an isolated subalpine mountain range was formed and split what is now Burgundy and what is now the Jura in half. This is that massive work we talked about in the Burgundy episode. And the reason I bring this up is because that kind of chaotic soil we talk about in Burgundy, the same thing is happening over in Jura, just not as chaotic, a little more uniform. I mean, yeah, it's still chaotic, but there are certain kind of like very specific soils that certain vines thrive in, in the Jura. But what's really cool is just like in Burgundy, you can literally cross a path and see a different soil type than you were on the other side of the path. On one side of the path, you'll see limestone. You cross over the path and you're in what they call blue marl, which is sort of a dampish clay-like soil. I also mentioned this because Pinot Noir and Chardonnay were brought over from Burgundy over the Jura Mountains into what is now the Jura wine-producing region. And this land between... Switzerland and the Jura mountain is called the Revemont. And in this area on the slopes of the mountain and below is the wine region of Jura. And in the wine region of Jura, there are four AOC wine appellations and three specific product appellations, meaning Within these three appellations, there are products being made that have rules attached to them as well. Okay, a little foreshadowing of like a lot going on there. And in this area, less than 1% of the total vine or vineyard acreage in France exists. Less than 1%. And in this sort of narrowish strip of land, there are five varieties, grape varieties that thrive. We've talked about Pinot Noir. We've talked about Chardonnay. But then you have these native grapes. You have a grape, a red wine grape called Poussard, or otherwise known as Plusard. You have a red wine grape called Trousseau. Then you have this very important white wine grape. We talked about it in the Burgundy episode and in the Pinot Noir episode. Sauvignon, otherwise known as Nature or Nature to the local winemakers of the area. And from these five grapes, the wines that are being made are red wine, white wine, rosé wine, Cremant or sparkling wine, a wine called Vin Jean, which again, the yellow wine, which we'll talk about, a sweet wine, and a brandy. That, that's, that's a lot for a small wine region. And with those five grapes and that list of different styles of wines, these are all made within three AOC appellations within the Jura. Now, 
the the dessert wine, which is called Van de Pays. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but it means straw wine, meaning it's dried out. Like, you know, the grapes are dried out and made into a dessert wine. McVan is the other one known as the brandy. And then you have Vangean, the yellow wine. These three products have their own rules. So you have three appellations with making a wide range of wines. And then three of the products that can be made in the area from those grapes are AOC protected. You see where it's getting a little bit, it's getting a little bit wild here, isn't it? Pinot Noir is... It's it, it's here, but it's it's Chardonnay that really kind of took hold of the place where over 40% of the land under vine is actually Chardonnay. And then you have their most planted red wine grape, Poussard or Plussard. These wines are spectacular. If you can find a Plussard, they're, they're, if you like Pinot Noir, you'd love Plussard. It's very kind of soft and light, but nice grip on the palate and chewy. It's It's a really awesome, light, bodied red wine. The Trousseau grape, I also find very cool. It's a little bit more herby, a little bit more, it's not as soft and chewy and, and light. It's light, but it has a little more of a concentration of fruit and you can get a little bit of spicy notes from it. And then the grape Sauvignon is, when made into a dry white wine, very high acid, lemon and crispy. You know, it's one of those sort of one of those high acid blending varieties we see around the world in France, like in Southwest France and stuff like that. What's very interesting is by the end of the 19th century, there are over, well, I've heard 20 or 40 plus different varieties being used in this wine region. But because of phylloxera and two world wars and some replantings, it's almost as if the Jura kind of got it right after all that heartbreak and terribleness. They decided that these are the five grapes that work here and this is what we can do with them. And it's great because can you imagine all these wines being made from 40 different varieties? I'd just lose my mind. So like many of these wine regions in France, you have the larger wine region that covers all of it, right? So you have the first largest wine region in Jura is called Côte de Jura. Cote being hill, the hills of the slopes of the Jura Mountains. And this is this is the appellation where you can make all the different wines I talked about with all the grapes I've talked about. It's kind of like the catch-all appellation of the Jura. When it comes to the AOCs, the appellations in Jura, all the way to the north, you have this town called Arbois. A-R-B-I-O-S. It's an old Celtic word, they think, that means fertile land. Our fertile bois land. Fun fact, this is the birthplace and home of Louis Pasteur, the dude who created the rabies vaccine, but also had his observations on pasteurization. Pretty cool. And our bois is... The wine you're going to see most often on the American market, you would think it'd be the Côte du Jura, which you will see around, but Arbois, because it's so big, it had, well, comparatively to the rest, there's more distribution of these wines. And and here you're going to see Poussard, Trousseau, Sauvignon. You're going to see Sauvignon done in its lemony, crispy, still style. You're going to see it's in Vangean style, which again, I'm going to get to in a second. And here they also make the yellow wine, they make the straw wine, and they make Cremant, or the bubbly. Just so you know about Jura, 
Cremant has been, I mean, it is ramping up. The production of Cremant is ramping up pretty intensely in the Jura to the point where it's one of the most wines being made. So we're about to see a lot more of Cremant de Jura on the American market, along with Arbois. It's just south of Arbois that we get to a very small appellation called Chateau Chalon. And the reason why this is an appellation is because this is what is thought to have to be the birthplace of Vin Jaune, or yellow wine. In this appellation, only yellow wine can be made, and it can only be made from the Sauvignon variety. The, the name of the, the appellation is named after a village on the top of this mountain, and it's kind of fortified. It looks really awesome. <laughs> and all these vines are on these slopes of these hills, and I, you can watch some videos of people climbing up these vineyards, and I'm like, how do you harvest this stuff? Oh, yeah, by hand. So they harvest the seven yen and make seven yen wine, just regular wine, just make that wine. Then you put that wine into a barrel, but you only fill the barrel almost half, almost full, but not totally full. And you put it into a room that's highly ventilated so it can have these temperature fluctuations. And at some point, a local yeast starts to form. It's a film forming yeast. And what happens is as it grows on the surface of the wine, the barrel that's not fully filled up, it creates this sort of grayish film over the wine. And what this yeast does is while the yeast is doing its work, it's also protecting the wine from severe oxidation. This is some nature stuff that's really awesome. It's a very similar yeast strain to what you would get in sherry. We're going to do a sherry episode. There's a yeast strain called Floor, which is also a film forming yeast, but this is just a different film forming yeast. This wine must stay in this barrel untouched, except for a couple samples, for six years. And it's thought that, where they say that, over a six-year period, the wine reduces to a certain amount, and they actually have a bottle that holds specifically 62 centiliters called a Clavlin, I think it's called a Clavlin, and then they stamp the Jura on the actual bottle, like on the glass, kind of like in Chateauneuf de Pop. These wines can age for 50 plus years. There's actually a story I read where in 1994, a bottle of 1774 Vin Jean was open and it was tasting wonderfully. The thing is, the it's, it's hard to explain. They call it yellow wine. It's very oxidative, very dark in color. And it has this really unique aroma to it. It's like a very savory, very intense oxidative wine. And they found in the early 90s, they found a compound in this wine called Soloton, or S-O-L-O-T-O-N. And this is the compound that gives this nice sort of mild curried spice aroma to the wines. It's just a wild wine. And the thing about Jura, this is the home of Comte, the cheese, and the home of Morbier. So these wines with that cheese, forget about it. So Vangean can be made in other parts of the Jura, but it's here where it was from that they make sure they have the rules in place. That's why it's an appellation. South of this small, small appellation is another small appellation called L'Etoile, which means stars. And there are 
a couple theories about why that Appalachian is called that way. There is a certain kind of ancient fossil that is like looks like a star. That might be it. But also there there are hills around the area. They're in the formation of a star. Not sure, but it's a really cool name. I mean, this is also a small Appalachian. The Chateau Chalon only has five winemakers in it, whereas uh, Le Toile only has 185 acres of vines at all. But this place is known for Cremont, where they actually have they have wines that are in the lower lying areas, the more fertile areas they use for Cremont, and then they have the slopes where they harvest vines for their still wines. And when I say still wines, I mean white wines. There is no red wine permitted in this AOC. If anyone makes red wine here, it's just called Cote de Jura. But here is very popular. I mean, Cremont is very popular here. This is like the Cremont headquarters of Jura. And it's often going to be Sauvignon Chardonnay. They also make Sauvignon Chardonnay blends for still wines. They also do the yellow wine here. And yes, there is some red wine grapes that are off, they often go into the Cremont, but again, they can make Poussard because it's the most, it's, the, it's there, it's the most planted in the area. And then, of course, it has to be Cote de Jura. And that's pretty much the Jura. Now, the other, those products I was talking about, Macvan and um, Van de Paris, they are, they're wines you're really not going to, unless you're in like, New York or like San Francisco, you're really not going to see those wines distributed throughout the United States. If you get a chance to try them, they're very cool. The Macvan is literally a, it's a wine-based brandy, but not really. It's a brandy that's been blended with just fermented grape juice. So it's kind of a very grapey, sweet liqueur, if you will. They're around... They're really cool if you can try them, but it's going to be hard to find. The, the straw wine, again, it can be made from all the grapes, just like the McVan, but it's going to be harder to find. But they're just like a good, high-acid, sweet wine. And these wines go so good with food. Every single wine from Jura, whether it's red, white, rosé, yellow, straw, uh, brandified. It doesn't matter. All these wines go great with the f- just food in general. But this place, Jura, it's so cold. There, there's actually there's the way the houses are built in Jura are in such a way that there's a certain kind of clapboard that is made from the forest. So this is a very forest heavy place. These clapboards are put on houses so that the, the, the houses don't get damp in the winter because it's so cold. And you can imagine the agriculture here is kind of like non-existent except for vines. So the, the food is very hearty and very meat-heavy, very cheese-heavy. And with these wines, oh, amazing. I mean, I've never been to Jura. I'd love to go. But the reason I know the whole Comte cheese and Vangeon thing is I was at my wine shop once and somebody came by and said, I'm going to give you one of these experiences. And they, they brought a, a yellow wine and they, they brought some Comte and some Morbier and we just sat and drank this crazy nutty curry spice, subtle curry spice wine with the cheese. And you really don't, I mean, man, it's just an incredible experience. So that is Jura in a nutshell, a very wide range of wines. Go grab it. You see some from Jura, it doesn't matter what color it is. <laughs> just grab the wine, try it. 
and hopefully more of this stuff is further distributed throughout the United States. But if you find one, get your hands on it. Take a picture. Tag me. Vine Pierre Keith on Instagram. Let's talk next week. Vine Pierre Keith is my Insta. Rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps get the word out there. And now for some totally awesome credits. Wine 101 was produced, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pair headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mallon for creating Vine Pair. And I mean, big shout out to Danielle Grinberg, the art director of Vine Pair, for creating the most awesome logo for this podcast. Also, Darby Seaside for the theme song. Listen to this. And I want to thank the entire Vine Pair staff for helping me learn something new every day. See you next week. E&J Gallo Winery is excited to sponsor this episode of Vine Pairs Wine 101. Gallo always welcomes new friends to wine with an amazing wide spectrum of favorites ranging from everyday to luxury and sparkling wine. Gallo also makes award-winning spirits, but this is a wine podcast. Whether you are new to wine or an aficionado, Gallo welcomes you to wine. Visit thebarrelroom.com today to find your next favorite, where shipping is available.